Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm -hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving fifteen percent or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm really glad you joined me tonight. Whatever part of the world you're listening to, thank you for making me a part of your evening or morning or afternoon. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, tonight, you know, I just want to let you know that in January 2008, my pastor, uh, God gave him a whole year's worth of teachings. And he graciously, he, he taught all those, and they were awesome teachings, and he graciously gave those for people to share. They're actually on the Soul Winning Tools on Revival.com and uh, 12 Pillars of My Faith. And this this month, I'm dealing with the spiritual heart. And last last Friday, I taught on the repentant heart, and this Friday, today, I'm going to speak on the hungry heart. So, what does it? What does a person have to do to develop a hungry heart? What things block a person from having a hungry heart? What interferes with it? Um, and also. Just things uh, of that of I mean basically what 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 can we do to have that hungry heart to hunger after God because spiritual hunger is actually the number one ingredient for revival so we need to have that spiritual appetite cultivated and um, I'm glad that you joined me tonight for a powerful treat and the Holy Ghost is presence because. Without him, I'm nothing. It's, he is everything, and I'm, I am nothing. And Father God, I just thank you for speaking through me right now, and that I be a, a, glo a glove on your hand, that you just speak through me everything that you want me to say, nothing more, nothing less, just only what you would have me do. And I thank you. This is your time, Father. And lead me and guide me and touch your people's hearts that they may Hear your word and know that it is truth and be touched by you in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to go to a song by Freddie Haler. It's appropriately called, Holy Spirit, Thou Art Welcome in This Place. Now, I'm calling it in a different way this evening, so we'll see how the song sounds. Hopefully it will sound all right. If it doesn't, I might have to come back and edit it. So but we're going to try it and see. Hold on, please. 
receive his healing and delivering touch. And ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. He will open the rivers in the high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. And will make the wilderness a pool of living water and the dry land Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place.
Now, I don't know if that was a little bit choppy or not. I might have to edit it or, or cut it, or I'm just experimenting in different ways of calling in. So, in Psalm 42, verses 1 through 2, it reads, As the heart, or another word for deer is heart, as the heart pants and longs for the water brooks, so I pant and long for you, O God. My inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Now, spiritual hunger is the number one ingredient for revival, as I was saying earlier. It's also the only way to receive anything from God. Now, spiritual appetite is something that needs to be developed, cultivated, and protected. It determines how hungry you are for the things of God. As with natural things, your diet, my diet, what I put in my mouth, what you put in your mouth, dictates what we will be. It's the same with spiritual things. We are what we eat. Now, if we eat junk food all the time, popcorn, Cracker Jack, chocolate, and and the like, then that's what we're going to be hungry for. That's what we're going to crave. It, dic- it dictates what we will be. And it's the exact same thing with the spiritual things as well. If I, if, um, if you will not have, it, you know, if it is what you crave, because if you eat junk food, I was saying that's what you're going to be hungry for, and that is what you will crave. So you will not have an appetite for the things that are good for you, and neither will I if we keep eating junk food. Uh, We're not going to have an appetite for the things that are good for us and that nourish our body. As a result, we're going to be sick, have health problems, could possibly die prematurely. I'm not prophesying that over you or myself, but if a person is, for example, has an eating problem and they're eating junk food all the time and, and, and they can't really get a handle over it because because they um instead of dealing with their feelings or their problems they they just go ahead and and they eat comfort quote comfort food well the comforter the holy spirit wants us to be wants him to be wants us to use him for the comfort or not comfort food um but if this person keeps eating that comfort food not dealing with their feelings or issues of life and and burying themselves in it They'll keep gaining weight and gaining weight. Well, of course, all these things like high cholesterol, the sugar, all these things, uh, and the extra weight on that person is good. That if they if they don't take uh, self, you know, if they don't take control of their body and their eating habits, then they can have a whole bunch of health problems. And and um, and unfortunately, you know, some have died before their time because they've not taken a hold of that that and um 
I I pray that that isn't so. But as I said, I'm not prophesying that over you or me. Um, now, if we both, you and I, make a habit of good eating, healthy, wholesome foods, and we're going to have an appetite for more good food and our bodies will be healthy and strong and resistant to disease. You and I will live longer and will have a good quality of life. Now, for example, the body and the spirit. Talk about the physical body here. A healthy body, a healthy body is has a is one that eats properly, has a healthy heart, strong constitution, no health problems and and of the likes, but an unhealthy body a person doesn't eat properly. They're sickly all the time, they're anemic, they have high cholesterol, heart conditions, cancer, pains, and and the like. Now, um, bearing in mind the spirit, the spirit, if a person eats good spiritual food, they will produce a healthy heart, a heart that's free, filled with joy and peace, and all of the nine fruits of the spirit which according to Galatians 5.22 are love, long-suffering, which is another word for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, a lot of people sometimes fancy my pastor's uh, church services, his meetings, or they've watched them online, and, and some, he he's spoken a lot about, he said how his meetings are out of order, and there's no order there, that there's, uh, there should be, uh, because people get hit with the joy of the Lord a lot, or though they could get, or they may cry, or they may just have different holy emotions, I mean, um, the Bible stirred up, stirring up in us the most holy emotions. So a lot of these people say, well, that's not, why aren't these people, they they need to exercise self-control. And, well, when it's referring to self-control, it's not referring to, it's not having self-control, it's not having control over the Holy Ghost, it's having control over your flesh. And a lot of people will say, well, the subject is uh, prophet, the subject of prophet. Well, that's true, but there, the prophecy is, not, prophecy is not being given, and the, the Holy Spirit, his anointing is being poured out. And when when uh, the prophet, the prophecy is being given, then the person that is is uh, standing next to the other person is is going to just wait until they give that until they give that word and then when they're done then they give their word they don't interrupt them while they're giving their prophecy and and then just give their own they have to wait and that's what subject that means so self control means self having self control over the flesh self control over a temper self control over all of these things now, if we eat spiritual junk food and we give into the appetites and the lusts of the flesh, 
We're going to produce a sickly spiritual heart filled with anger, bitterness, covetousness, strife, and all the 17 works of the flesh, flesh, which are stated in Galatians 5, 19, adultery, fornication, which means sex before marriage, any form of sex before marriage, and cleanness, which is morally wrong, unclean thoughts, lewdness, crude and offensive in a sexual way, idolatry means extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone, sorcery, the use of magic, especially with black magic, hatred, intense dislike, or ill will, racial hatred, contentions, heated disagreement is what a contentions mean, is a heated disagreement, jealousies, outbursts, of wrath, which are rage, fury, outrage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, which means a disagreement that leads to discord, lack of concord or harmony between persons or things like marital discord, heresies, which means a belief or opinion contrary to orthodox religious especially Christian doctrine, envy, a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions or qualities, murders, drunkenness, revelries, lively and noisy festivities, especially when these include drinking a large amount of alcohol. So basically partying. So I wanted to give you some definitions for either some really old words or really just words that aren't really used a lot in the everyday language. So I'm going to read that again without the um, interpretation or not the interpretation, (laughs) without the meaning of them. Um. And I'll read that to you again. So basically, eating, as I was saying, eating spiritual junk food, when we give in to the appetites and lusts of the flesh, will produce sickly heart filled with anger, bitterness, covetousness, strife, and all the 17 works of the flesh, which are, as stated in Galatians 5.19, adultery, fornication, and cleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, 
just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what must a person do to develop a hungry heart? They need to strip away everything that would clog up their spiritual heart. For example, spending too much time on Facebook, watching too much TV, movies, video games, all all, all those kind of things, the things that take away. Now, am I saying there's wrong to watch TV or movies every once in a while? No, but it also depends on Um, what kind of TV and what kind of movie you're watching. If you're watching, uh, you know, uh, if you're watching a movie that's very, well, it has nude scenes in it and it has sex scenes in it and it has a lot of cuss language in it, the F-bomb is dropped every other word, then you're, you're not being careful of what you let into your ear gates and your eyes and your you're not letting you're not being protective of the anointing, you're not being protective of your heart. And I mean it's we've got to be protect be careful what we watch, what we listen to, and what we allow into our heart because like I said, if you're watching T V or movies like that or even even uh, uh doing video games that have have a bunch of blood and guts in it and murders and maybe you're out you maybe you're, maybe your character goes around murdering people or or just things or witnesses it our bodies our mind does not know the difference between looking at a dead body on CSI or whatever you call it um or shows like that, looking at that dead body, it doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know the difference between watching uh, somebody get murdered on a show and watching somebody get murdered in person. It to, to it, it's the same. Our brain is is witnessing multiple murders, multiple um, multiple autopsies. And just violence and and listening to all this stuff and all this stuff is is being is coming into the heart, the spiritual heart, and is clogging it from from being hungry and it's also tainting and and it's it's mixing it's mixing it's polluting it's polluting the anointing it's polluting your spiritual heart. We need to be careful, very, very careful what we watch, what we listen to, the kind of music we listen to. Even if it's under the guise of Christian, it, just because it says Christian doesn't mean it's anointed and doesn't mean it's of God. Of, of God. So just be very, very careful because these things, we have to strip away all of these things. Like, for example, if you're spending five hours on Facebook throughout the day, but you're hardly spending any time in the Word of God, praying, worshiping, and seeking His presence, then 
you need to reprioritize your priorities and to where you're hardly spending any time, if any, on Facebook, only if you absolutely have to, and maybe even fasting from Facebook and seeking the presence of God or fasting from whatever you feel the Lord is telling you to fast from, the things that take you away from from his his presence uh, that distract you. And as I, I was talking earlier about idolatry, um, the definition, as I was reading earlier, is extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone. Now, if if you're if you're putting something before God, for example, if you get up in the morning, the first thing you go to is you check you check your 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 Facebook or you check your movies or you just uh, just go to the movies in the morning or you do a video game. Whatever you're putting there ahead of God and before God, that's taking up so much time that you're spending more attention on is an idol. And if God asks you to give something up and give it away, if you can't give it away, then it's idle. And God says he, he will have no other gods before him. He's a jealous God. And uh, you know, you have no no and you have no other gods before him. If you put a little God before the big G <laughs> little G before the big G is not good because little G is an idol, especially when it comes before big G. So little G, all the little G's need to go. All the little gods need to go, and it needs to be just one big G, God only. So... Because all of these things they hinder they hinder people and cause them to lose their hunger for God and for what is good, what is right, what is noble, what is lovely, what is peaceful, what is what is everything that of God. And um says many many uh it says in the last days the love of many will will wax cold. A lot of that is, is seen by by so much of this happens because people are not watching what they allow into their ears and what they see with their eyes and what they meditate on with their mind. They don't take the thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So we just need to be very, very careful about that. And we need to take a really, really critical inventory, a look at how we use our time. I mean, for example, what is your daily routine? Ask yourself that question. What is your daily routine? How much time is wasted time? For example, as I was speaking before, Facebook, TV, movies, friends, restaurants, internet, computer games, the list goes on. And as I said, some of these things in moderation, okay, like if you're 
calling or talking to your friend or you're hanging out with your friend. Remember, Jesus is a friend that sticks closer to than a brother. Don't leave him out because you're spending hours on the phone with your friends or you're hanging out with your friends. And don't don't forget to don't leave him out. I mean, don't forget him. He didn't forget you at Calvary. He didn't forget you in the Garden of Gethsemane. So don't forget him. Now, we need to get rid of that spiritual junk food. We need to get rid of false doctrine, like this false grace message. I'm talking false doctrine there. I'm not saying that God does not have grace. He does have grace on people. But these people are taking his grace out of context. And they're saying that, you know, his grace is sufficient, but they're also, they're very much not, they're they're not accurate. They're blowing it out of proportion and they're saying, oh, well, you know, God's grace will cover it. Well, God's grace is not a license for you to sin. God's grace helps you not to sin. It's not a license to sin. So that greasy grace message that everybody, once saved, always saved, well, I'm sorry, my friend, that's not always the case. There have been many, many people who were once saved, uh, went red hot on fire for Jesus, but they didn't take control of the flesh, and they let themselves keep keep going down the wrong path, and they didn't watch what came into their ear. They're, you know, they didn't take a control over what they listened to, what they saw, what they meditated on in their mind. And they got so far off track that, my God, I pray they come back. Because there have been people who are once on fire for God, and now they're 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 making up their own doctrine and saying that even... Satan himself is going to get into heaven. That Jesus is going to forgive him. Uh, Satan's going to repent and he's going to get to go to heaven. Well, that's not true. Satan is going to burn in the lake of fire for eternity. And hell was not made for the devil. I mean, hell was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels, his fallen angels, his, his fallen ministers, his demons so as far as this greasy grace message that is being deceived it's deceiving people it's just another instrument of the enemy to try and get you to believe that that uh, once saved always saved and you know all is well that ends well and, you know, God's going to forgive it. Because God is love. Why would a loving God send anybody to hell? It's not God's choice. God's will is that none should perish. None. But all should have everlasting life with him for eternity and with him, ever with him in presence, in his presence. It is not his will at all that any should perish. It's not his will that any should go to hell. As I said, hell was made for the devil and his fallen angels, not for man. It's man's choice 
by his disobedience, his sin, his unwillingness to receive Jesus or believe that Jesus is real, real or his ignorance that he chooses and goes to hell. And, and you may say, well, what about those who've never heard? Well, the Bible is very clear that that all you have to do is look up into the into the into the, look around you, look at the stars, look at the sunset, look at the look at the everything that was created. You look out there and 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 say, "Wow, somebody must have made this. It couldn't have just happened." I mean, there was a story that this man was sharing that he's a he's a missionary and he goes he's from Canada and he he goes all over the place um, and he felt really really prompted to go this one way out of the way out in the middle of nowhere place and he rented a Russian tank. And him and his wife, and this gentleman, I think, is in his 60s, and his wife, and they took a Russian tank, them and some other people. They drove there, and it took them 48 hours in, in really freezing temperature, no heat, to get to this place. And they got to the village, and they they the the man said to them, what are you doing here? And they said, well, we're here to tell you about God. And, and he says, well, what took you so long? He, he goes, well, and the other said, the other person says, well, you know, the, he didn't know that he was coming. And he says, he says, you don't understand. Every night we go out, our whole village, and we look up at the stars in the heaven. And we say, if you're out there, Send someone to tell us about you. And thank God that these people obeyed and went and told, and the whole village was saved. And thank God it was a Christian that went and not somebody of another faith that would have steered them the wrong way. So we are without excuse on that day. So it's man and the deceit, the, the deception and disobedience and sin that puts him in hell, not a loving God. And God will love that person all the way to hell. Now, we also need to get rid of wrong associations and bad influences. It doesn't mean we have to be mean or rude to them or just snub them. Our noses in the air, we can walk in love and be loving about it. But we need to rid ourselves of wrong associations and bad influences. Like, for example, if you're hanging around, like if you're a woman and you're hanging around a woman that's always being critical of men and and maybe she's married or used to be married and she's talking about how marriage is just terrible, it never works out, and the man is always wrong and, and mean to the woman and and uh, it talks about all this stuff and poisoning this other lady's mind. Eventually, this woman is going to believe it, and she's going to start having problems in her marriage. And the same could be true for the man if he's hanging around a guy that is is always talking about how, you know, if the cat's away, the mice will play kind of thing, uh, that he should go out and, and uh, 
just look for somebody else to be when with when she's not around and he's always constantly polluting this guy's ear with this then he is he is not going to um he's going to eventually start to believe this and um and then it's going to affect his marriage or his even his relationship because it says in if you turn to the book of psalm psalms with me and go to psalm 1 you go to psalm 1 it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now there's a progression here. This man walks, then he stands, and then he sits. So he's walking in the council of the ungodly. He's just walking there. And then he just decides he's going to stand, just kind of hang out a little bit. Next thing you know, he's sitting and doing exactly what he shouldn't be doing. Because blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Hmm. So we need to get rid of wrong associations and bad influences. And we also need to take an inventory of and cut out or stop making wrong choices. And we need to stop living wrong wrong lives. We need to start living right. We need to just we need to cut out wrong choices. We need to make the right choices and we need to start living right and not wrong. We also, so that's what we must do to to take to get to take you know to take inventory of all those things, so that will help us develop a hungry heart. Now we also need to pray and spend time. In the Word of God, meditate on the Word. And meditate means to quietly mutter over and over again, I am by His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. Or whatever you're dealing with, you just quietly mutter over and over again, softly yourself. It's like a cow chewing or chewing the, the cud or whatever you call that icky, I guess, example, but it's the same sort of thing. Meditating on that on the word of God and be filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Now being filled with the Holy Spirit was gonna come when we pray, spend time in his word in his presence, we meditate on his word, we're going to be filled 
with the Spirit, and we're going to be led by the Spirit. So when we are are led by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, am I hungry for God with a passion? If your answer was yes, protect your heart and your mind so that you stay that way. Always keep your heart right. Protect your heart so that from offense, if you do have an offense, because offenses will come, this is a part of life, by faith and obedience, just give it to God and forgive. forgive. Let it go. Hold diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So, and, and you know, protecting the ears, like I was talking about what you hear, what you see, what you think and meditate on, which is protecting the mind and what we think on and taking those thoughts captive so that so that you stay hungry for God. You must do junk food out of your life. And only you can answer that question. But as I was saying earlier, just take inventory, take stock of your life and your time, and you'll find out what junk food you need to cut out in order to get a hungry heart for God, for the for the for the right spiritual food, not junk food. Now we always need to be humble. Be repentant and allow God's word to correct you and me. Make make straight paths for your feet because God's word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I'm going to read some scriptures relating to what I have been sharing on. In Psalm 63.1, in the Amplified, it reads, O God, You are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you. In a dry and weary land where no water is. Psalm 36, 7 through 9 reads in the Amplified. These are all Amplified. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of men take refuge and put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They relish and feast on the abundance of your house, and you cause them to drink of the stream of your pleasures, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. Psalm Psalms thirty four eight reads O taste and see that the Lord our God is good, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. In Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 2, it reads, Wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. 
and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price. Simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> now, in the New King James Version of Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, for they shall fill. John 7, verses 37 to 38 in the Amplified reads, now, on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously brings and rivers of living water. In Revelation 21.6, and also in the Amplified, all of these are Amplified unless I say otherwise, and he further said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I myself will give water without price from the fountain springs of the water of life. Oh, wow. His word is awesome. It's intoxicating. <laughs> Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The Holy and the Bride the church, the true Christians say, come and let him who is listening say, come and let everyone come who is thirsty, who is painfully conscious of his need of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported and strengthened. And whoever earnestly desires to do it, let him come, take, appropriate, and drink the water of life without cost. Hallelujah. And Jesus paid for that with his blood. It cost him everything. Hallelujah, this is all good news, all about the gospel, good news. He is just so wonderful, and Jesus is 100% man, 100% God, but he was 100% man, so the 100% man paid paid everything. He just Jesus is wonderful, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Thank you, Father, for coming to us. And thank you for loving us so much that you sent your only son, your only begotten son, Jesus, that you came in the form of a man. God came in the form of man, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for your ministry on earth and all the lives you touched, all the miracles you performed and the hearts that you loved on and touched and ministered to. Thank you for all of that. Thank you for being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross and the torture that you had to endure for us. And thank you that even when Satan tempted you with and took you to high places and showed you all the kingdoms of the of the world and that he would give it to you, bow down and worship him. If it wasn't a temptation, it wouldn't have meant that you couldn't have done it, but it was a temptation, so it could have meant that you could have given into it. And thank you, Jesus, for not giving into that temptation. We'd be eternally damned. And thank you, Jesus, for taking our sin, our shame, our pain, our weaknesses, our failures, our shortcomings, everything on your body. That we would not have to. Being dead to sin so that we might live. And I thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. For after after such horrific torture on the cross that you died, but and then you ascended into hell and preached to the captives there and took captivity captive. Those with you. Out of out of hell and took him. You took the keys of death and hell. And the authority you just took him. Then you appeared before many for forty days with many infallible proofs that you were there. And then you ascended into heaven. And when. When the disciples were watching you ascend into heaven, the angel said, why do you gaze up into heaven? Don't you know that the same manner that you're seeing Jesus be taken up now is the same manner that in which he will come again. So hallelujah, you're coming back again, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you're coming back again. And thank you for not leaving us orphans. And not leaving us comfortless, but you came to us in the form of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the mighty baptism in the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and fire, the Holy Ghost and fire. I thank you that, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and in fire. And I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, I thank you. I love you. We love you. I thank you. There's one good thing is to be thankful for all things. And the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, is one wonderful thing to be thankful for and salvation. And thankful for that and deliverance, healing, baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to make it a stopping point right here of what I've been talking about I'm actually through with this lesson and um, 
So I just want to want to let you know if nobody has ever told you that God loved you and has a great plan for your life, and I tell you right here, right now, that God loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now, God forbid, if you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and just repeat after me to say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me With the Holy Spirit, give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Now, I want to tell you, my friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you today that all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much. It has a great plan for your life. Now, Jesus is a baptizer of the Holy Ghost and in fire. If you've not been baptized with evidence uh, and baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, then pray this prayer after me to say, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire, and I'm asking you to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence speaking in other tongues. Amen. Now, when when you're going to ask you to pray and talk, talk, but don't talk with any language that you know, no English, no Spanish, no German, whatever languages you know that are earthly. Just open your mouth and let the syllables come out. Shukurabababasila, babababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
shokala baba basela baba basura la kasanda la baba basere hela baba basura la kanda la baba basere there you go keep on going keep there you go louder louder shokala keep praying it keep praying it you're doing it there you go there you go you may only get a couple of syllables at first you just keep on praying those over and over let the holy ghost pray through you and keep praying that and then just if if you haven't gotten it now just stand on the word of god and get out of your head stop thinking about it and just let god do it and just go about believe and we've had testimonies of people that have been just doing their daily routine uh, maybe vacuuming and all of a sudden they go and they get the baptism right then it's like a delayed reaction or something but um, their head wasn't in the way, and they weren't thinking, I guess, at the time, except on vacuuming a certain spot. So just uh, um, just receive it by faith. And uh, also, anybody that needs healing, I, I pray, Father God, right now you're, you're a God who heals, you're a God who delivers and saves. And so right now, uh, you sent your word and healed all our, all our diseases and delivered us from our destructions. So right now I send your word and I send your healing anointing to go forth to these people and touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet and minister to them healing like only you know they have need of. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And I speak to the person listening that has AIDS. I command your blood, I speak to your blood, live. I command your blood to live. I command the virus to be gone. I bind it. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. And I loose the healing anointing of Jesus into your blood. And I command your T-cells to be made in a normal count. I thank you, Father, for healing these people that had had, notice, had past tense, had AIDS or HIV because it's gone. There will be no trace of it when you go back to the doctor. And I look forward to hearing your testimony, your praise report, and giving God all the glory. I speak to that glaucoma. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. And I speak wholeness and healing to your eyes in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for 100% healing and creative miracles in the eyes, ears, the nose, the throat, and the entire body. And I command those flu symptoms and cold symptoms to go. And I command that heart to be normal. No blockages in any arteries or veins or any place. In the name of Jesus, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you are made whole, healed in the name of Jesus. And those having nightmares or night terrors, I command you to sleep perfectly with no nightmares or or night terrors or anything like that. And I, 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 I command that thing to go in the name of Jesus. I set you free in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I command you to sleep well from this night forward in the name of Jesus. But you have to do your part too. And that means going to bed at a reasonable hour and not staying up watching TV or, on, or surfing the web or doing what it is that you do that kept you up before. I thank you, Father. 
You're so holy, God. You're so awesome. I thank you for all the salvations, the healings, the deliverances for all your precious people. Now, one thing I'm going to let you know about is a Bible, awesome Bible college. I went to it. It's wonderful. It's called River Bible Institute. And there's River School of Worship, River School of Government. You can go to riverschoolofgovernment.com riverbibleinstitute.com and riverschoolofworship.com So I'm also going to play you a quick a quick little uh, little audio clip there about it and then um, but the really exciting Exciting. It's a wonderful, wonderful school. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. Some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. They need a savior. They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer? The question is, will you answer the cry of the lost and the cry of God for you to obey? If you feel you have the call of God on your life and you just want to wanna deepen your walk with the Lord, and I have been authorized to give you a scholarship that you don't have to pay back, a full scholarship, so if you're worried about tuition, it's all covered because I just gave you a scholarship. You can call 866-857-4837. That's 866-85-R-I-V-E-R. And if you 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 feel like you know somebody who has a call of God on their life, then 
I've been authorized to give you permission to give them a scholarship. And if they know someone, they you can give them permission to give that person permission to have a scholarship and so on and so forth. So it's like a ripple effect. Now, new, new student intake begins January 2nd at the River at Tampa Bay Church. It's 3738 River International Drive, and it is in Tampa, Florida, 33610. And also uh, the 813-971-9999 during regular business hours. And also the 86685. 74837 is a number you can call 24-7 for prayer. And you can go to Revival.com and you can watch the services live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, all these Eastern Standard Time. And if you uh, you know if you're in the central area central Florida area or any part of the world and you just want to come and visit the church, then feel free to do that too. but you can watch all the archive services also on revival dot com just go check it out. It's got great soul winning, soul winning tools and and um uh, so you can go check that out as well. Now, for my friends in South Africa that listen, I want to let you know that my pastor, Pastor Ronnie and Adonica, uh, Pastor Ronnie and his wife, Adonica, so Pastor Ronnie and Adonica Howard Brown, are right now in South Africa as we speak. They are at River Park. That is one pontoon road, East London, South Africa. That is River Park, 1 Pontoon Road, East London, South Africa. And the phone number is plus 27437114800. That is plus 27437114800. Now, that is some meetings that are going to be held Thursday at 7 p.m., Friday 9 a.m., 7 p.m., Saturday 9 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Sunday 6 p.m. But I have a feeling it's actually, it's actually, I don't know how all that time zone works, but you in South Africa listening know, so it's going to be, it's until the 16th of November. Now, for my friends in the U.K., um, from November 30th to December 5th, Dr. Ronnie Howard-Brown will be at Cornerstone, the church, 38 Station Avenue, Surrey, KT121NU, England. That's Cornerstone, the church, 38 Station Avenue, Surrey, kt 12 one and you 
and that's in England, and that phone number is plus four four zero one nine three two nine six three zero zero zero. That is plus four four zero one nine three two nine six three zero zero zero. So I'll let you know for the um the ones listening in the UK and the ones listening in South Africa uh, that he's going to be in, in those areas. So now I just want to let you know that next Friday I'm going to be continuing um, because I, I don't know if I told you at the beginning, I'm uh, as the pastor was given a whole year's worth of lessons, uh, one per month, I'm going to be doing the same and um, this 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 month I'm teaching on the spiritual heart. So next Friday I am going to be teaching on and about hearts on fire. So that's hearts on fire. That's gonna be next Friday. I'm looking forward to that one. Hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I just wanna um wanna let you know that uh also, tomorrow, Saturday, I'm going to be continuing my series, Jesus, the Ultimate Healer. And that's going to be on Saturday at 8 o'clock, Jesus, the Ultimate Healer, Part 5. So I'm going to be continuing that. So right now I have, um, and I'll be, and then Monday... Regular time, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesday, 6 p.m. for Dr. Frank Summerall's Bible study. And Friday and Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> Excuse me, unless there's special programmings in between. So I want you to know that you are loved. You are valuable. You're accepted in the beloved. You are priceless. You're more precious then rubies and diamonds and silver and gold. You're beautiful. You're loved. God loves you. I love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love.
For listening to Fire Talk Radio. Napa know how. 
Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 